0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: The teachings of the Ascended Masters are universal and available to all.
2: And hello everyone, uh, if you are new to our show, welcome, if you're back, welcome back. Uh, you are listening to the Open Door, the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and where we invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher.
3: And I'm Terry Kennedy.
2: Hi Terry. Hi. And hi Sid. Gentlemen. Hi Sid. Sid Bennett with us in the studio today. Um, he's been away for a while, but we're really happy to have him back. Back and excited. Well, and I, I think, you know, today's program is going to be really special. We're going we're going into an area with, that we have not really ventured into before, at least not in a direct manner, and I'm pretty excited about it.
3: Well, me too. Uh, <laughs> what we're going to be doing is examining the economic philosophy of
4: Jesus Christ. <laughs> and where can you hear that? You no know, kidding. People think of Jesus and religion on one side and economics on the other. Yeah. But they are really not separated as we'll, well hear.
2: We are bridging that gap, and I suspect... Uh, Where else you could hear about this? Probably nowhere. Yep, yep. And I trust you'll soon agree that that's a good thing. (laughs) In any event, I'm very pleased to have our friend sit back with us. And now we get in for the full 60 minutes. Well, we'll
3: see if that's a good thing. (laughs) Well, I'm sure it is. So let's get the ball rolling. Who wants to tackle the basic tenets of the economic philosophy of Jesus Christ?
2: Um, Well, perhaps I can set the stage for today's topic by first saying this any economic philosophy attributed to Jesus Christ will without doubt be God-centered, or maybe even more specific, Christ-centered. And Now, you might think this would be an obvious thing to say and a clear central point to follow, but all we have to do is look at what our own founding fathers here in America faced when they attempted to do exactly that, to make our newly formed government and economy God-centered. There was opposition then, and there is certainly opposition today. So, Let's start there. Uh, why should a successful government and thriving economy be Christ-centered, and why is there such strong opposition?
3: Well, economies and governments are all based essentially on the flow and exchange of energy, right?
2: <laughs> well, you know, it, let, let's be clear first that what we're talking about is at its core the exchange of energy. Money is energy Governance as a means of wisely moderating the flow of energy. But what is that energy?
4: Where does it come from? And and what does it do? Where does you know, where does it go? Yeah. You know, to appreciate how a successful government and a prosperous economy function, we have to understand what the energy is that we are using and exchanging. It's God's energy, it's not
2: ours. Yeah, and you know, we talk about that a lot. We talk about the fact that we are all all co-creators with God, that it's <sighs> God's energy animates everything.
4: You know, and how we use it
3: through free mm-hmm. will makes all the difference. Right. Yeah. And, and here's another key thing. Community. What is its focus and, and what core principles is it built around?
2: <laughs> well, harmony. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's that simple. you know. But, of course, anything but simple. But I think that the core element of a Christ-centered community would simply be that, that people are putting on the Christ. We talk about that all the time. And they are recognizing the Christ in other people.
3: And by our free will, we are all players on the community stage, and we always have the cho- uh, the choice, I should say, as to how our energy will be spent. You
4: know, I guess it's human nature that people seldom wholeheartedly agree with one another on everything. <laughs> yeah. and even if mm-hmm. you look at the early apostles, you know, yeah. they had disagreements, and strong ones. So that's not necessarily bad, but there has to be a general consensus on certain key issues, and how individuals manifest their own personal interpretations of life principles is up to them, but in... Does affect the whole community, whether it's the government of the nation or the little town they live in.
2: Right, you know, I agreed. And I think um, that we'd all agree that certain key organizing principles in our communities are the same for our cities, for our nations, for the world. You know, individual expression must be respected you know, there'd be anarchy otherwise.
3: Yeah, yeah, there would be. <laughs> and why is the expression of our Christ consciousness an issue of personal choice? In a, in a word, I would say it's karma, right?
4: It is. And, you know, you never heard the word karma in terms of the discussion of the economy. And no. yet, clearly, <laughs> right. it is a major factor not only in our own personal economy, but in the economy of the nations. Our individual karma brings life lessons to our doorstep every day. Yeah. These lessons are opportunities we have earned So we can balance our debts to life, and hopefully, by God's grace, make our ascension. And they can't be a bridge or cut short, and that's what I think governments try to do. It's one thing to try and and do for the common good and fix things and so forth. It's another thing to try and go against the law of karma, because it just doesn't work.
2: Well, you you, you notice how laws get written more and more specifically. They seem to drill down into more detail. And it's almost as if there's always going to be an exception of one sort or another. You can't. You can't plan for all of them. You've got to have a certain amount of personal responsibility and accountability. Absolutely.
3: Right, right. And, you know, I would say that this is why our economic philosophy of Jesus Christ, as well as the foundational principles of successful government, must be understood from the standpoint of, first and foremost, putting on the mantle of, and we're going to talk about this a lot, Christ consciousness. You know,
4: if I may, Terry, I think we have to get away from the concepts that seem so prevalent today that God and Christ is for Sunday, or it's for your personal prayers at home. And certainly it is. But until we recognize this is God's universe, God's law rules supreme, and until we come in congruency with those, we're never going to be successful in solving the problems of the economy or the nations or the community. And, of course, that's where this discussion today about Jesus' economic philosophy can be very illuminating to understand that.
2: Well, I want to go back to something we were talking about just a moment ago, and that was karma. Um, you know, one of the things that we've stressed before, and I think people who have studied this to any extent have understood too, is that this is why people are born. They could be American, they could be East Indian, they could be Alaskan. It doesn't matter. I mean, that that we are born into conditions, we're born into our families based on the karma that we're here to fulfill. And you had said it before that this is a something in our process, our spiritual pathway that cannot be abridged. That if an economy or government try too hard to control people, they're going to end up causing them not to be able to fulfill what they're here to do. Exactly.
4: And we need to understand the economic philosophy of God, if you will, of Jesus, Mm -hmm. so that we can take the steps to correct um, the things in our own lives that aren't working or for the governments to take those steps. And that is the key to solving these economic problems. You know, if you look at the world today, and the United States is a prime example, what's the solution? (laughs) There is no human solution. I mean, they move this checker, and then they have to move that one, and this and that, and trying to balance it out. And at some point, it's going to come due, until we start following the principles of God, the economic principles of Jesus, which I love that term, because you Mm. just don't hear them spoken together. (laughs) I know it.
2: I know it. it, Yeah, I mean, I I think that in, in, in that context, there is a Spiritual law, you know, the cosmic law. There's a lawful exchange of energy. There's an exchange of energy when we're we, we consent to be governed. Um, and if those things are taken away from us, they, we are literally losing our core freedoms.
3: Yeah, and and I think that uh, one of the key things that we need to deal with. I mean, you talk about what are the solutions? We've got the manipulation of money and government. It's absolutely eroding our way of life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was watching the news: the price of, of fuel for these truckers and one thing and another. It's dismantling, it's destroying America, and it's happening
4: not only here but around the world. Yeah. You know, I was reading the, <clears throat> we're hearing a lecture today, or excuse me, an excerpt from a lecture on the economic philosophy of Jesus Christ, and I read the whole lecture, and there was a great point in there, and it said, look, it, nowhere in the universe do you get something for nothing. <laughs> right. You know? And even God doesn't create money out of nothing, unlike our Federal Reserve. And so you can see as, you know, as they try to manipulate these things, the flow of energy and light, it just doesn't work. And, you know, our only prayer is that God will allow sort of a soft landing, so to speak, <laughs> so this thing doesn't fall apart on all of us. Right,
2: right. Well, what do you think the likelihood is? I mean, you've, you've been in the banking business for a lot of your life, your adult life. Are we looking for a soft landing?
4: You, <laughs> <laughs> well, some of us has already been a hard landing, I've yeah. got to tell you. But, you know, I think the key here is at the human level, there's no solution. Yeah. At the divine level, there is. And, you know, I am comforted by the story of Sodom and Gomorrah for the ten righteous men. Mm -hmm, You know, God will spare the cities for the ten righteous men. And if enough people can follow and adhere and devote themselves to the honor flame, to living their lives according to the golden rule, to the true teachings of Jesus Christ, that that will be the offering God will accept and hopefully bring us that soft landing and so we can turn this thing around Start to build on today. Talk to us a little bit about what, what the power, what decrees can
3: do, and, and also, like, if there's one soul that's giving decrees, how many they can hold the balance for? You,
4: you know, God looks at this planet and they have cosmic councils, so to speak, that way, what's going on on planet Earth? What are the good things? What are the bad things? Right. And all of us know there's a lot of bad things going on this planet war, manipulation, abuse of the child, abortion, whatever. And so the cosmic councils look for something positive on the planet. And what they look for are the 10, quote-unquote, righteous men and women, whether it's 10 or Mm 10,000, that are holding that flame, are holding that light, are drawing forth the light through the decrees that we've been given, and that light can make all the difference in the equation. The cosmic councils want to save planet Earth, but they have to have a reason. And God's law must be observed. And so I don't know what the number is or what the equation is, but the more people that are living that Christ-centered life, drawing down the light through decrees and prayers, can not only affect 100 million, but billions on this planet. That's what make what we do so individually important.
2: You, you know, know, And I think you just said, um, perhaps we're repeating it, the key to a successful economy, a key, the key to a successful government, is that the individuals in that government are Christ-centered. Exactly. <laughs> and if, if we don't have people that
4: are Christ-centered in our government and... That may may be the case right now. Um, Let's, you know, begin with ourselves. So that when the cosmic councils, when the powers that rule this planet and the universe look to planet Earth, they can say, look, these are people that are living to the best of their ability in accordance with the cosmic honor flame, as I said, the Christ principles, the golden rule. They're calling forth light. They're holding a balance. Because of them, let us do what we can to help planet Earth.
2: And let us say that that reminds each of us how important we are. Indeed. We may be one drop in the ocean, but we still have the ocean within us. You know, us. one with God is a
4: majority. Yeah. And I don't know, and I don't think any of us know, the equation of light. But the more light we invoke, the more light we call forth and can hold in harmony in our beings, the greater that God, greater things God can do for this planet. And it can be turned around. Yeah. It's we not. Have,
2: it's not hopeless. We have to believe that absolutely. Yeah, I, I look for.
3: I look for statesmen. You know, I mean, <laughs> when I was a little boy, that was a, a word that got tossed around, and you saw statesmen mm-hmm. in the House of Representatives, in the Senate, and
2: uh, you mean people with moral character. I know.
3: I know. And there was still someone. I was a young man. You know, but it just seems like everybody's got maybe a skeleton hanging in their closet that they're afraid to have exposed, and so you know, this kind of gets back to. The point of if these if these representatives aren't living virtuously as we are all supposed to be virtually uh, virtuously I should say morally honorably selflessly and gracefully then they aren't
4: statesmen and And how can God use them That's right and how can God use them You know I want to make a point here as we're moving on to our next segment The, the economic teachings of Jesus are not complicated. You know, you don't have to have a PhD in economics to understand <laughs> it. In fact, you're better off without it, probably. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. it's that common sense, the Christ sense that, that that we're needing in our economy, and people have that. They're just afraid to express it, or they don't think it counts because they don't have the degree or whatever behind them. Right.
2: I agree with you, Sid, and I think sometimes we we do have a tendency to look for examples. We we we. We're not all followers, basically, but you understand where I'm going with this. Sure. Is that We like to be inspired by people who are leading by example. And if we don't see those, if there's a dearth of those examples, it's disheartening.
4: Right. If the government doesn't keep track of their money, why should I? Yeah,
2: I know. I mean, it's, yeah. So, anyway. Well, anyway, um, yeah, this is great, actually. We've got to take a break already. It's amazing how fast it goes. Yeah. Um, but please stay with us, because in our next segment, Elizabeth Clare Prophet will take us into the heart of the economic philosophy of Jesus Christ, why it can work, and why we need it right now. Please stay with us.
0: The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness.
1: At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org.
0: This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
1: You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door.
2: And welcome back, everyone. In the following excerpt taken from a lecture by Elizabeth Clare Prophet entitled, The Economic Philosophy of Jesus Christ, we find a simple matrix for how government, economy, religion, education, and science can and should define the true relationship of man to God. Here it is.
5: In his parables of the kingdom of heaven, beloved Jesus gave to us an understanding of the path of initiation according to the seven rays for entering into higher consciousness, the consciousness of the Christ. When he begins this portion of his Olivet Discourse with the statement, For the kingdom of heaven is as, he is saying for higher consciousness, the consciousness of spirit may be attained in the following manner. In the case of this parable, he gives us the teaching for the attainment of higher consciousness in the economies of the nations. In fact, this parable of the talents sets forth the science and the religion of the abundant life in its practical application to the economies of the nations. We are contemplating the first 200 years of America's destiny as the outpicturing of the light of the Father and of the Son, the power and the wisdom. Now, as we have begun since 1976 the third century of love, that century becomes the initiation of Lord Shiva, the initiation of the Holy Ghost. And nowhere is this initiation more important than in the foundation of the flow of that love as supply. I have told you many times that the entire momentum of Antichrist, bent on death, not life, and upon the destruction of the soul before it fulfills the full potential of the Christ is directed at the economies and the governments of the nations. Jesus taught the same teaching, and that is why he said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto. Then he gives a parable, and the correct unlocking of that parable by the Holy Ghost gives us a plan, a direction, a matrix. For a certain part of life and how it should be lived, how government, how the economy, how religion, how education and science should be in the true relationship of man to God. We know that in this day and age there are two systems vying for allegiance, East and West. One is capitalism, the other is called communism or socialism. Neither one of these is new. They have not been evolved in the last 200 years. These two principles have been side by side since the very incarnation of the word and since the first rebellion against that word. The most serious crisis upon us is the manipulation of the money of this nation and of the government of this nation for the destruction of our way of life when you can't buy bread because of inflation, when you can't have a home, when you don't have a roof over your head, when you don't have enough gasoline to run your cars or to be the foundation of industry, when prices are not equal to the flow of energy of the sacred labor, then the fallen ones have succeeded in destroying the light of the Christ in the individual and the nations. We are upon the brink of that catastrophe. The ascended masters have told us that the only reason that economic collapse has not come has been the staying action of the Lord God through the hand of the chila, through the science of the spoken word. Jesus then gives us a parable, and he gives us the understanding of the foundation of the law, of government, and of the economy. When we read the conclusion of this parable as we study it this morning, we will realize that for any economic system to work, it must be based on that original relationship of the individual soul to the Trinity within his own heart and the Trinity within all those who have become one with God. Many of us have a great idealism concerning how governments and economies should be across the nations. We all have that element of idealism, and I think it makes us susceptible to systems that either do not work or are not in keeping with the very foundation of the teaching and of the law. And it is because we have an incorrect assessment of human nature. I have found that the more I have moved from theory to practice in economics and politics as I studied political science, the more I've come to realize that you can have the very best system and the best form of government. But if you do not have an individual, a son or daughter of God who will ensoul virtue and the law of morality and the cosmic honor flame essentially be on the path to becoming God incarnate, be dedicated to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, no system will work. So it is not a question of which system will work, but will the individual work under the light of the Holy Ghost? Unfortunately, the harmony of the Father, Mother, God, of Alpha and Omega, has been misconstrued into all types of concepts of good and evil, or the haves and the have-nots. We look then to the resolution of the question: what is the foundation of the divine economy? What is the divine economy? We have a right to the divine economy and to experience its full expression upon earth. That question actually becomes the eye in the capstone of our own pyramid of life. In the United States of America, the great seal has within it that eye in the capstone that is waiting to be placed upon the foundation that we build as a nation, a foundation to be built upon the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit in three centuries of a path of initiation. Our path of initiation as sons and daughters of God seems to have come to an absolute standstill because we as a group, as a nation, have not been able to meet the challenges of the sacred fire of the Holy Spirit. We will see and realize then that the resolution of the problems of the economy is actually the placing of the eye upon the capstone. It is the raising up of the energy of the mother flame from the base to the crown to the third eye chakra. It is the centering of the oneness of the law within that temple, within that center. And so it tells us that without initiates of the sacred fire. Without sons and daughters of God on the path of initiation, this nation and any nation cannot truly solve the question of the abundant life or of economics. This is a very interesting statement because we see that the very urgent need of the hour is the resolution of the problem of the economy. And at that very moment, we find that the path of initiation is wanting in our leaders and in those who are in control of the economy. Therefore, the Great White Brotherhood addresses itself to the question of capitalism versus communism, the uses and abuses of both systems, and sets forth solutions that are both practical and spiritual for the enfoldment of the potential of the soul within the family, the community, and the nation, and then within the family of nations. The teachings of Jesus Christ cover every subject, every phase of human evolution. They have been grossly misunderstood and misapplied and even abused by the fallen ones who have quoted scripture and said, See, we do the same thing. It is impossible to understand the scripture or the great mysteries of the kingdom which he taught, except by the gift of the Holy Spirit. The very ones who are the followers of Christ today, who should have the fullness of the Holy Ghost and should comprehend these very statements, are positioned, many of them, in rebellion against the very teachings which Jesus Christ gave. And they proclaim a gospel that says we ought not to bring religion into politics and economics. That, beloved ones, is the original lie of the serpent, the serpent himself. Without the Holy Spirit, we do not understand the foundation of the city four-square, which the Lord Christ has laid, and the city four-square is the matter plane. It's where we are. It's this temple, this city, this nation. Wherever you are, that is your challenge. We do not understand his coming as having provided the children of light with a means to take dominion over the earth, with the economy and the government squarely upon the shoulders of the Lord Christ. Now, the government and the economy cannot be upon the shoulders of a fictitious Jesus who is always coming but never comes. He's always going to come and save the world, but somehow he never gets here. And so we preach our sermons and hear them year in, year out, century in and century out of submission to the fallen ones upon the planetary body until the time of his coming. Well, if we wait much longer, we will find that there will be no place for him to come to. Because the real place of his coming is the temple of man, the temple of being. And the government and the economy that must be upon his shoulders must be upon his shoulders now within you. It must be upon the shoulders of the Christ who now comes into your temple because you submit unto him and confess that he is the Lord of your temple and the Lord of the nations. And so the second coming of Jesus Christ is the moment you accept that the Christ that was in Jesus is the same Christ that is in you. And the consequence of that manifestation of faith is the transformation where you become a new creature, newborn, and you go forth to take dominion in the economy and in the government. Now this message which some of you know so well and some of you know only mentally and yet have not experienced or become is yet the message, the fulcrum, the foundation point of the coming revolution. If all of the free people of the world and all of the light bearers of the world who have had a conversion to Jesus Christ would accept that one principle that the government shall be upon his shoulders within them, they would rise and take dominion and we would see the overthrow of the fallen ones in capitalism, in communism, and in every nation. We would see the overthrow of the carnal mind within our own temple. We would see the slaying of that carnal mind by the Christ whom we have become. When that message is spoken again and again, it must never seem repetitive. Because until it is spoken, until we have become it, until it has been transferred and translated by the Holy Ghost, by the only flame by which it can be translated, then we may be knowers of the word, but not doers of the word. And therefore we will not be found worthy in the judgment. Now that very principle will be applied to every area of involvement of the light bearer no matter what your job your profession your calling your occupation the government the god control of that energy is upon the shoulders of the christ in you when you allow it when you decree it when you become it when you use the teachings in the violet flame
2: oh boy oh boy oh boy Uh if you get a chance please go back and listen to that again there's some keys in there that are just priceless Now, uh, when we come back, we'll have a little bit of uh, Q&A with our friend Sid Bennett. So, please stay with us. Thank you.
0: Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
6: access lesson one right now completely free no login required simply go to tsl.org
0: This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network.
1: You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door.
2: And we are back and happy to welcome Sid Bennett once again for a little give and take on the subjects of the ideal economic and governance models as espoused by Jesus Christ. That's a mouthful, isn't it? Boy, I'll say. (laughs) plan ahead on that one. (laughs) Well, you know, this is a complex subject. (laughs) But uh, essentially, a simple answer. I wouldn't say it's easy, but a simple answer.
4: You know, in understanding economics, God gave us common sense. Yes. You <laughs> I was hoping
2: you'd go there right away.
4: That's and, <laughs> and what happened to that? Yeah. You know, we get, keep getting fatted lies upon lies upon lies, and people lose perspective. There is a simplicity. If you're a farmer, if you're a mechanic, if you're a carpenter, common sense is very easy to come to you. You know, if you don't do things right, there's going yeah. to be consequences when you work with your hands. But when you're hearing the lingo and the verbiage and so forth from the government, from economists and so forth, not only does it not make sense, but it doesn't work. And that's evident today. And so there's something wrong. So how do we get back to the simplicity of common sense of Christ sense? We begin with the golden rule. We begin with the fact we are accountable sons and daughters of God. Mm-hmm. There's no free lunch. It's, you know, we, we are compensated for our labors. You know, we give fair labor for fair compensation. We're, we're, we take care of the abundance God has given us. We take care of those that have need and can't care for themselves. We pay our bills, and we balance the books at the end of the month. I mean, is that so complicated? <laughs> is that too much to ask? <laughs> right. You know, and I yeah. think we didn't get to hear this whole lecture, unfortunately, we didn't have time, but Mrs. Prophet gives the understanding of the teaching of, of the parable that Jesus gave about the talents. And, you know, where the one was given five, another was given two, and one was given one. And the master went away and they came back. The one that had ten got ten more. The one that had five got five more. The one got one buried it. You know. <laughs> yeah. And so the understanding of that we are expected to give a return for what we receive, whether it's for our labor, for the light that God gives us, we give back and we multiply that. <clears throat> and that's how economies expand, how that they build on sound principle and sound foundation. And this idea that somehow somebody in Washington or whatever the capital of the nation you're in can manipulate the economy and make it work. It just doesn't happen. They go from one extreme to the other. And who pays the price? It's the honest working people of that nation. I mean look what happened to the people of Cyprus. You know above a certain portion of their bank accounts, it was just gone. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't their fault. It was the mismanagement of the economy. So so this is where we have to take accountability at individual level live our lives according to the teachings of Jesus and of Christ in the cosmic honor flame, and that will make a difference. And, and not be ashamed to make our opinions on that matter known.
2: Well, you know, and you said something so pivotal and so clean. This is common sense, And you know when your common sense is being violated. You read the paper, you hear somebody make a pronouncement, you go, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, one of the challenges
4: of democracies is that when people learn they can vote in people that will give them more and more, it becomes self-defeating. So that when the collective body of the nation wants to pretend they can get something for nothing, it will bankrupt the country. Yeah. Well, you
2: know, uh, you, I, and I, uh, I'm sure our listeners will, will write in if I get this wrong. I think it was de Tocqueville, but I'm not sure. But it was one of those um, political thinkers from some time past who said, once the people realize they can write themselves a check, you're, you're, you're done for. You're yeah. gone. Government has ceased to be unless your servant becomes your master. Unless
4: people will take the stand for the Christ, for the cosmic honor flame, and for these things they know to be true in the inner of their being, and and are willing to you know sacrifice in the short term for the long term whole. And that's one of the problems. People want it now. They want the government to do it for them.
2: And it's it's slowly it, it's a death spiral of the economy. Well, and you said it a moment ago too. Is that there's no free lunch? Yeah.
3: Yeah. I just you know, <laughs> I just read an article where the, you make more money.
4: On welfare now than you do for minimum wage. You know when I, I remember when the and yeah. I, I'm not singling out morning. you know the United Auto Workers, but um, it's GM's fall too. But when they gave a contract that people could get paid for not working, yes, I thought this is the beginning of the end. Yeah, yeah.
2: And farmers get paid for not planting. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah. sorry, folks, well, we'll come back to sanity right now. Yeah. Terry, it's up to you. Come back
3: to the Christ consciousness. <laughs> well, you know, when we speak of Christ-centered communities, economies, and nations, we mean to be inclusive of both East and West. Yep. So we, we really are also speaking of these entities as being Buddhist-centered, too. To, and to keep it simple, I would say God-centered. So, Sid, is it really possible?
4: <laughs> <laughs> Not only is it possible, it has happened before. There have been golden ages on this planet where the principles of, the, of the, the Christ, of the God's rules for the economy were in place. The economy was in balance. People had abundance. They had all they needed. There was no manipulation. It has happened before, and it can happen again. And, of course, as we have said before, it's got to begin with us because where else can you begin?
2: Indeed, where else can you begin? You yeah. know, um, I wanted to go back to something I heard Mrs. Prophet talking about because we're very familiar with the terms capitalism and communism. I mean, any of us that are more than 20 years old in particular had this <laughs> <laughs> drilled into our heads as we were growing up. Um, they're not new. They've been vying for our allegiance for a very long time. In fact, I think she said, since the first rebellion against the Word, or other words, as we know it, as the Christ consciousness. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, are both systems evil?
4: You know, we have to go back to the understanding that there is uh, the fallen angels have embodied on this planet And they have manipulated the light bearers for god knows only how long, but much, (laughs) much longer than we ever thought of. And one of the tools they use is to create create opposing systems of control that they play off of each other. So it may be called capitalism and communism, or capitalism and socialism, whatever you want to call it. But it's still the old idea that you get these opposing uh, forms uh, fighting with each other, so to speak. And the light bearers are the ones that pay the price, whether it's economically or physically and then the fallen angels just reap up the light or the things that they can draw off of that. Mm -hmm. So it's not a new conspiracy. Uh, It's an old conspiracy. It's Mm. just the names may have changed.
2: Do they work together in some way? Well, they do. And and this (laughs) is,
4: you know, we don't want to get into the, you know, there's a certain element in the uh, political spectrum that, you know, believes in the conspiracy theory. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, in, in one aspect they are true because if you look at the fallen angels, and this is what they don't see, the fallen angels and the governments and millers economies of the world, they are conspiring against God and against God in us. But there's also a conspiracy of light. And the conspiracy light of the ascended masters who want to sponsor our life streams, who want to support us, who want to help us, who want to see the golden age on this planet. So we have to choose. Choose this day whom you will serve. Mm-hmm. We can't be passive or we can't be satisfied. With sports on Sunday and you know work during the week and a vacation two weeks a year, if we get into that laid back consciousness, we are going to become the victims, just as we 've been the victims for eons because we haven 't been willing to take a stand, and at one level, people didn 't want to take a stand because they saw what happened to people that took a stand, yeah. you know but what is different today is that through the sponsorship of the ascended masters and the overshadowing presence of Archangel Michael and the ascended masters, that we are protected, and we can take the stand in an appropriate way for the light, if only by invoking the light, and praying for those that come to the political forefront, so to speak, that are willing to take the stand for these truths as well. So that's the difference. The the, the fallen ones will laugh at us if we say we're going to do something to them, but they don't laugh to someone who is aligned with God, Mm -hmm. with the Ascended Master, with Jesus Christ and Archangel Michael. They
2: shake in their boots. Well, and when we understand, as we've said many times before, what's at stake that what they're after is our light. And we talked earlier in the program about this, we have it at other times too, is that money is energy, you know, the consent to be governed is a form of energetic exchange, and as long as we think we're victims, we truly aren't, I mean, unless we accept that that fallacy. Well, they don't get light from
4: God, No, they have to steal it from us. Yeah, And that light is both uh, a literal thing, they get out of our chakras, through rock music or whatever, the drugs or the alcohol or whatever. And then what else is our light? It's the fruit of our labor. It's our abundance. They want to take it from us. And that's what they've been pretty good at, quite frankly. You know, and I want to add here, whenever there's a crisis in the economy, inflation, deflation, whatever it is, there's a group of individuals that will always make money, no matter what the condition is. Mm -hmm. You see, they play off of this. If you know what's coming, you can can do pretty well. And so that's why we have to call forth the light of Almighty God, not in anger, but in determination, that thus far and no farther we have been manipulated, we have been betrayed, we've had our light stolen, we've been murdered, whatever you want to call it through the ages. This is the hour <laughs> to take a stand with the protection of Archangel Michael and the brotherhood behind you by invoking the light in the crees so that the outcome is going to be different. You could argue we're just going down the same track we've gone before in many civilizations like Atlantis and Lemuria and so forth, but the difference this time It's by our free will, we can choose to take those steps to embody the Christ, to draw forth the light, knowing that God is the doer, and God through us can do these things, not in our human consciousness, but as we are bend the knee to the Christ, as Mrs. Prophet said, call forth the Christ to come into us, invoke the light of the violet flame of Archangel Michael, you know, ten righteous men may be all you need, or ten thousand, you know, whatever is the number. This can be changed, but we have to determine to begin this day to be that instrument of the Christ where we are, in whatever state we are, whatever step we can take, no matter how small, that is how this thing is going to get turned around.
2: Amen, brother. <laughs> uh,
4: well, you know, um, some of the points that I wanted
3: to ask you in this next question we've kind of covered, but I want to talk about the, if you can just touch on the power elite for a moment. I mean, what the thought that comes to me is that we... We don't want to be specifically praying against individuals because God is no respecter of persons. But, mm-hmm. but when we see things that are wrong in the economy, in, in, in,
4: in all government, aspects of sure. government or
3: whatever, what kind of prayers do we make? What do we well, say?
4: Well, first of all, we call for God's intercession. We call because we're a light bearer embodied on planet Earth. We can ask God to intercede in the economies and the governments of the nations. So that's number one. Mm-hmm. We have a right to do that. And all we always say according to God's holy will. So we're not trying to pose our will on everybody, according to God's holy will. And, you know, we have a call that's called the judgment call. And the oh, judgment yeah. call recognizes the darkness that is manifested through individuals. And when we call forth the judgment, it's, this is a, an amazing teaching. What you're your calling forth is the love of God. It's God's pure love. And, of course, for yep. us, the judgment is our liberation because we want God's love. But for those who have so turned against God and have no love in them, that love will literally consume what is not. Oh, that vibration and of
3: love is the judgment.
4: It is the judgment. So when you're, you're not calling to your people to beat up, you're calling yeah. up for God's love to descend. <laughs> yeah. And for the light bearers that are going down the wrong road, <laughs> that love can help them come back into alignment. Okay. And for those that have sworn enmity from God since the beginning, the fallen angels have, many of them, it's their judgment, quite yeah. frankly, because they are anti-love.
2: You remember that old statement, kill them with kindness? Yeah, yeah, that's right. What's the thing they're least expecting? Yeah. You know, exactly. They could say anything except the love of God. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) no, not that, not that. You say, I love you, and they'll shake in their boots. (laughs) Oh, boy.
3: Well, um, where are we? (laughs) Where are we? This is
2: great. I I, I just, I mean, I, I love the direction this takes because it does ultimately come down to personal accountability. Yeah. And we all have the choice to make. We are not victims. We think we are. We've given up. We've usurped our own authority to choose. And that is the place where people typically want to go, oh, it's too big for me. I can't do that. Yeah. Oh, you know, I, whatever. I mean, it's, yes, you can. Because, God, fine, because,
4: because with God, you can do it. Not at a human level. Yeah. You know, and I, I, they're having these, you know, the, the liberationists on the marijuana laws in Colorado and Washington. They have these big marijuana parties, you know. <laughs> and I thought, God. What is the matter with they Are asleep? It's the sleep of death. Whether it's drugs, alcohol, mm-hmm. TV, rock music, oh, sports, yeah. whatever it is that yeah. perversion. And I'm not against sports. I like sports, but you <laughs> know <laughs> some of these
2: things going on. You know,
4: because it distracts us from who we are. It's the it's slow death. It puts us to sleep. Whether it's diet or food or right. alcohol, it's the sweet death. We have to challenge that energy. We have to take a stand because God is in us. The Christ is waiting to help us and work with us. And we need to allow ourselves to be the instruments of God to take a stand for the victory of this planet. There are souls every day who are depending on us mm-hmm. to take that stand because without it, they will be lost. And, and it's not something to be afraid of. If you have Archangel Michael and the protection of the light, God will be with you. And we have nothing to fear except in action.
2: Yeah, and it's a glorious task. I mean, this is something, it's a beautiful work to do. It's not, uh, it's not hard. And God you know? can do it.
4: God can do it through us. That's the amazing thing.
2: Well, indeed. Well, I, on that note, I think it's time for us to take a quick break. But please don't go away. We're going to continue in this vein on this theme in our next segment. Please stay with us.
0: Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change.
1: At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org.
0: The Voice America 7th Wave Channel
1: You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door.
2: That stayed with us. Um, We're talking about Christ-centered economies, Christ-centered governments. And despite the fact that we can see that as an ideal, we know there are some people who have more than others. That's right.
3: That's right. And I would call them the haves and the have-nots. Now why do we
4: have the haves and the (laughs) have-nots? That's easy. (laughs) Free will. Yeah. But that's only part of the equation. It's number one, not understanding the laws of God, and because we don't understand them, we don't apply them properly, so we don't have the abundance that we need. Mm -hmm. And for instance, tithing. Tithing is a law of God. I mean, Abraham gave 10% to Melchizedek. Melchizedek represented God okay. in that matter. So it's not just giving tithing to you know, anything. It's to God. And so that's part of the law. If you tithe, it's going to come back to you tenfold. It's a simple law. If you don't understand that, you're probably going to be a have not to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. But there's also manipulation of the economy. Our light and our abundance is taken from us through taxation and other ways um, that sometimes get so onerous that we can hardly survive. But it's, it's a lot of understanding the laws of God and applying them in our own lives. But there's another equation here, and that's karma. There are times when we need to be poor, so to speak, in a financial, because we need to learn certain lessons. Mm-hmm. If we've abused wealth in the past, then we need to learn what it's like to be poor. And, you know, it's a much harder des- test to be wealthy than it is to be poor. You know, I mean, you know the old thing about the eye of the needle yes. and the rich man. Yeah. So if you're rich, that doesn't mean you've done everything right. It means you've got a test To do that. Mm -hmm. I gotta tell a quick story about a a gentleman I know who is an engineer. He started his own business, he built it his entire life, and he sold it a few years ago, I think to Oracle, for three or four hundred million dollars. He started with nothing. Okay. This is the free enterprise system of work. What has he done? Did he go off some South Sea Island and retire? No. He's taking that money and investing it in education. In Christian education and and so forth. And this is how it's supposed to work, the free enterprise system and so forth. So you can see how he's made the he's obviously passing his test of well, let's face it. Yes. And through the ingenuity of his own Christ consciousness, he created this company. This is how the free enterprise system is supposed to work. What socialism does, it tries to even the playing field and it prevents karma from out picturing and it prevents people from getting the tests that they need, whether it's of poverty or riches. Uh-huh. And you know, there's always the quote unquote more equal in a socialistic economy. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's who can to that. take it. So you can understand why this um, you know, monopoly capitalism or socialism, neither of them work because they don't allow the outpicturing of the Christ consciousness in businesses and developing and growing um, and in in losing and, and, and the opportunities for karma to teach us things. And that's one of the things America has been able to do. They've still maintained the Christ consciousness in creating things. Few other nations on this planet have had the history of that. And so as long as that's there then we'll, we'll see this to a certain extent. But what the governments are trying to do is take that away. Mm-hmm. You can't teach creativity of the Christ consciousness. It has to be brought forth. Well, so yeah. so there are haves and haves-nots, and that's not always bad. That doesn't mean we don't help those that are in need, because we are. We should do that as well. Yeah, which is charity, right? Exactly. Yeah. And
2: and we, we're very good. We're, we're, we're the single greatest charitable nation that the earth has ever known. Indeed. <laughs> well, I just, I want to go back to a point. We make this quite often, but I think it's really worth repeating. And that is that those who are have-nots, and again, in a generalized sense, are not victims except of their own free will choices. Exactly. You know,
4: and, and, you know going back to the parable of the ten talents, you know, the guy that got one mm-hmm. and he buried it and came back and he, you know, he was cast out or he started complaining he says to his master, well, you didn't even earn your money. Why should you get a return? Mm-hmm. You see, this is where the haves are those that have, that, I'm not talking financially, I'm talking in terms of light right now, the has are those that have applied the principle of God, have submitted themselves to the discipline of a spiritual path, have bent the knee before the Christ, and as a result of that, they've been proven, be proven to be good stewards of God's light. So the light is increased in them. That may manifest as financial abundance or other ways. And so when people look at that, they get jealous. Why should you have all that? Well, because they've earned it. Yes. And you can't take it from them and say that's God's will.
2: Mm-hmm. On the Other side of that coin, uh, I've wanted to ask this question before because I've often been confused by it, to be honest. When we give to someone else who is not being accountable, Uh and I'm I'm generalizing here, but I guess what I'm thinking is the people that are able-bodied who beg, are we participating in their karma in a negative way by giving something to them that is other than an awareness of their own accountability?
4: You know, this is where discernment comes in. I mean, wh- where we mm-hmm. live, there's every time the on-ramps that oh, you sh- go on and off where I live, there's somebody there yeah. asking for a handout. Make do you make give them out. a handout or do you don't give them a handout? Mm-hmm. This is where discernment comes in. There are people that manipulate the system. I, I lived in Minneapolis for a while and on the Skyway system there. There was a guy that made about forty or $50,000 a year panhandling. Sure. Well, I don't really feel inclined to give him any money, you know. <laughs> but then, you know, yeah. don't turn your back on the homeless. Yeah. You know, there are real needs. And so that's where discernment comes in. But you're right. You don't just hand somebody something that is unwilling to take any kind of an issue on themselves, but there are people where it just, you know, the mercy of God demands that you do something to help them.
2: Well, I'm thinking uh, about the fact here that we're talking about energy. And if we're exchanging energy with someone else who is not deserving of it, you know, whether sure. we have the discernment or not, we are a player in their karma to right. a certain extent. Share in their karma. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, I think that's something to be, just bear in mind. I'm not telling everybody, don't give, and you're not saying that either. But by the same token, there is a degree to which somebody has to become accountable, and we can benefit them by enforcing their accountability rather than paying for their sloth. And they may
4: not be ignoring them, but, you know, again, it's a balance. And so, you know, I love the Salvation Army, soap, soup, and salvation. <laughs> and so, you know, yeah. if somebody's hungry, you know, you've got to feed them. Well, yeah.
2: soup on a rope
4: doesn't work for a well. So, anyway, so again, you know, there is the mercy of God, but what happens is to so many light they get caught up in sympathy. Yes, exactly. Instead of empathy. Yeah, yeah. And so they end up doing too much for someone that can do things for themselves. How will they ever learn their lessons if they don't suffer the pain sometimes of karma, of their misdeeds? That's how I learned my lessons. Uh-huh. That's how we're all learning them. And yeah. so you don't try and take away the law of karma, but at the same time, Mercy is the nature of God.
2: Well, you bring up a great point. Sympathy is agreement with limitation. Yeah. Compassion is agreement with the God-centered part that we both share.
4: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Huh. <laughs> uh, let me uh, let me bounce over to the government thing again, and I want to ask you: Is well, can any system of government work if it's God-centered? I mean, we've got our system in America, which seems to be superior. Those of us that live here think that it's superior sure. to other things. But if if these other types of governments are god-centered will they
4: work too well there has to be freedom somewhere the freedom of the soul to experiment to try to fail mm-hmm. you know there has to be that freedom but mm-hmm. whatever the system of government is and as long as that's there and people's rights and there obviously one of the reasons we have to have laws is because of the fallen angels they right. they'll run rampant if we don't have the laws to to do you know prevent certain things right. so you know i i can't say what is the best form of government but obviously You know, would you like someone that is put on the Christ as the leader of your nation? I mean, I kind of would, quite frankly. (laughs) You know, uh, instead of these closed doors, whatever is going on. So, again, if we want someone, you know, nations get the leadership they deserve. It's their karma. And so, again, it must begin with us. If you live in Ghana, if you live in the Philippines, if you live in America, it's got to begin with us individually. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I remember, uh, I think it was Mother Mary sent a dictation once, that in some nations around the world, there has not been one person willing to take that stand
2: oh my for God. the Christ. Hmm.
4: And so wherever you are today, and you don't have to broadcast it on the street corner, <laughs> but you can talk to God and say, I am willing to bear the light of the Christ. Teach me how to do that in harmony and in peace. And that's where the science of the spoken word, the violet flame, the calls to Archangel Michael are all key components here. Don't limit yourself to what your human consciousness says to you or what the media says to you. They're lies. You're not a worthless sinner. You're not, you know, you know, dead on arrival. If you've got life, if you've got God in with you, there is tremendous opportunity. Whether you're eight or 80, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Get on your knees this day before God and ask for his help, his direction. Explore the teachings of the Santa Mater. See if they can help you. They've helped all of us. They're the quick way home. They draw forth light and scientific mantras and decrees that will change the, the equation on this planet. The equation between light and darkness. You can make a difference today in that equation. It's not fantasy. It's not dreaming. It's reality. If we are willing to put on the Christ, to live the life of the golden rule, live the light of the Christ-centered, we can make a difference individually, and this planet can be turned around.
2: Ah, Amen. Amen, brother. (laughs) And on that note, which is a very good note, I think, to draw our program today to a close I want to say thank you to all of you listening um, for participating in this energetic experience and interchange And um, where I'm did very... this program go it just oh, zipped on by I'm so grateful that we're here and that we can share this with you and you're sharing your energies with us thank you for being our audience
3: yes mm-hmm. thank you all out there for listening and if you've got any questions or concerns simply send them to us at webradio at tsl.org that's webradio at at tsl.org We'll do our very best to answer you promptly.
2: We will, and if you want to know anything more about the Summit Lighthouse, that's also the place to go, tsl.org. Thanks again, everyone, and remember, though the upward path may be difficult, the rewards are out Out of this this world. world. God bless you all.
1: Thank you again for joining us this week for The Open Door. This program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. For more information about the Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.